2: So welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Let's introduce tonight's players. Oh, well, really, what we have is the Hall of Fame. We have, he got here first, to my left. Speaking of players. Sus spotlight.
1: How you doing, fellas?
2: I'm doing well, and yeah. you heard his voice just a second ago. Clay Southernwood Sharp. That's me. All you my life. You know why life. they call him that? Hmm? Because it points down. Oh, really?
0: <laughs>
2: is that due
1: north?
0: No comment. Or is no that
2: the
1: doomsday comment. clock? No comment. When it, when it comment. points north, the world's over.
2: Well, it, sometimes I feel like I'm two minutes to midnight. Neither of y'all have hit 40, is
1: all I can say. Yeah. I can't wait until I can pee around a corner.
2: But, you know, earlier today, I, I've been listening to the fallout from the Mueller Report conclusions. And it got me in a mood. And I get in these moods on occasion. I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. I would love to support a giant meteor or asteroid hitting the Earth in 2020. Uh, Watch it burn! Yeah. I had the desire for the apocalypse, for the eschaton. Like, let's just get those seven vials or cauldron, just dump them out on the Earth.
0: Okay, I'm. I'm going to go on record yeah. here, and I'm going to vehemently disagree with you on that one. Well, I fine. D- I don't want a giant meteor or bring it on, baby. Asteroid to hit the Earth. We need well, to reset. I mean, that's just say. me
1: personally. You'll never know my point of view. We yeah. need to
2: reset this thing because the problem, the problem, Southernwood. Before you open your big yapper, are people, people like you that cling to your
0: possessions and all your stuff. And you can't wear a tie with a shirt that's got buttons on the collar. No, what do yeah, you wear happy? Look
2: at you, eating your meat, burning your fossil
1: fuels. You can't wear happy, baby.
2: I'm sure instead of even like a propane grill,
0: you're using your charcoal. Dude, How dirty is that? Dude, let me tell you something. If God did not want us to eat meat, mm-hmm. he would not made animals out of meat. Does that count for people? Well, if you eat people, then you'll get sick. No, that's just, that's gross. It is also
2: gross, but I'm telling you, you'll also get sick. I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying. It's, that's one of the freakiest things, too. Like, somebody, like, imagine an old tribe, like, takes you down in battle, takes down your village in battle, and they're like, okay, we're going to eat you. (laughs) Another reason to bring on the apocalypse. I want, I know God promised not to flood the earth
0: again, but come on. Come on! I realize that the radio audience, they may have a visual of what they think we look like up here. Sure, sure. They have no clue that you just said that to a man wearing a shirt. (laughs) This is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a picture of
2: Leatherface,
1: right? I don't know. (laughs) Stop it. Don't play dumb. There's a mysterious thing that I have going here that I like to keep
0: no, but this idea... I'm just saying, that's the premise of that movie. Right. Man, this is some good chili. Oh, what? what oh, that's one of them horror cracked peppercorns. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: while we're off topic, last week you told me the Gen X thing. You said, you and all your crazy music, all you want to do is watch the world burn. You play and play hacky like, Sack, yeah. Yeah! Okay, well, Sunday night, 7 p.m., mm-hmm. New Simpsons came on. Sure. All right, you know what Lisa told Bart? Lisa told Bart that all he wanted to do was spray paint the earth and watch it drip. Ooh. Yeah. It's because he was joining like a feminist group. (laughs) But I was like, yeah!
2: Yeah. Well, there is a lot. That's actually a pretty profound thing. People don't want to necessarily accomplish anything. They just want to talk about it. So a lot of that goes on. Like, they just want to tag it. Like, I was here. And I think there's a role for that, and it sort of advances it, but you'd like the people that also do things. But back to this mentality of, and I really do get this way, when I get so frustrated with the dishonesty and the bad faith arguments and just the gaslighting. Oh, well, of course there was collision. Wait, the guy that you've been hanging your hat on and beating the hell out of the president with for the last two years, Robert Mm. Mueller, says there's no evidence of conspiracy or coordination Collusion, in fact, the Russians even seem to have offered and they didn't bite, they turned it down, and yet you're still saying there there was obviously collusion. Oh, my, yeah,
1: distraction, right? And and so it
2: puts me in a misanthropic mood. Like, if you people can't rule yourselves, if this is the best you got, bring on the apocalypse, yeah.
0: The one thing that I really do appreciate about you the most Joey yeah. is that you are honest. Oh yeah. And you're consistent mm-hmm. and and you you are not. I know guys, y'all may think he's pretending to not be a Trump fan. He's not. He's not a fan of any politician. Thank you. But you're honest enough to say, "Look, this is a bunch of bull crap." Yes. And they, and well, what
2: I said about the Mueller investigation is, I would wait to see what Robert Mueller has to say. And you've
0: done that, and you've made a a consistent, logical opinion of what the facts yes. are that you've heard, right? And I do, I do appreciate that about you, and well, I will congratulate you, you. Well, on that. And
2: it's very possible that Donald Trump is corrupt in other ways, and I'm pretty sure if that's true, then the Democrats will find it. Oh, and sure, we'll be talking
0: about that. Yeah, man, it's like football, right. you know. I can appreciate the fact that, and I'm an Auburn fan. Mm. I can appreciate the fact that we are Auburn, fans. Alabama, War is right. the best program football-wise. Oh yeah, in my lifetime. Yeah, my so, lifetime. No denying they are. Yeah, and Nick Saban is the greatest coach in my opinion. This ever coach basketball football <laughs> <Basketball>. football <laughs> in I've, your I've, lifetime? No, I've yeah. got All basketball on the brain. I got Auburn on my mind. Yeah. I can accept that fact, and I can appreciate it. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I don't Mm. buy into it. I'm I'm not going to become an Alabama fan, but I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, Nick Saban, he's a cheater. You know, that's how he wins all these games. He cheats. He pays referees. I don't get into all that mess. And that's what we do in politics is... You've got to be 180 degrees in the opposite direction of whatever the other perceived side is and you have to take that position even if you don't like it. Right. You've got to do that. You got to be part of the team. There's that's very, right.
1: very little open mindedness and thinking for yourself. You're right. either one way or the other. Oh, there's none, Seth. And that's ridiculous. Right. That's why I am very lucky to be able to learn what I'm learning through about politics from this and him, because he is
2: very smart. You well, for instance, and the reason I, b- I keep bringing up the apocalypse, like the desire for the eschaton, is number one, the world's always coming to an end. It always is. I mean, there's a profound statement. It might have been uh, Epicurus or some old Greek philosopher said, it's not that I will die, it's that the world will end.
0: Yeah, but Revelations was written 2,000 years ago. Right. We're all going to die. Right. And so the end has been predicted, and people have been looking for it. it had, right, uh, all over the place. Thessalonians was written, you know, people were sitting on the top of their buildings looking for the end of the world. Well, and it's not just in the and Christian. Was like, hey, 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 hold on, dude, dude.
2: Not today. Well, and it's not just in the Christian setting. It, it is a kind of a common human idea that if you, I mean, if you think about it, we're created, then there's got to be an end. It's yeah. not just us. It's like if something started, there's got to be
1: begins. Yep. It
2: must end. You think about the and, beginning.
1: You got to think about and the and end. So
2: what happens is, I think people will latch on to particular trends and say, hmm. That's how the world's going to end. And it's a fun game to play. For instance, there's a great documentary I can't remember where I saw it where it was like the doomsayers and they brought around like six experts in their respective fields on how the world would end. One person's like overpopulation. They went the Thanos route. Like there're just too many damn people, yeah, on the kill Earth. Oh, half of them, turn them into dust, kill half of them. I think by the way that is one of the most nonsensical arguments. Well, I'll I'll be a little more charitable. It kind of makes sense if the idea is we got too many people and only so many resources. But people have been predicting there's only so many resources and the population keeps growing and it's going to get worse. Uh, like one of the guys is Paul Ehrlich. He talked about the population bomb and he made a bet with an economist in the 70s, I believe, uh, where he, the economist who really believed in the power of free markets and the price system to allocate resources in a productive manner and also give incentive to find new resources and replacement resources and conserve them to a degree. So he made a bet with this guy saying, oh, the world's going to get too overpopulated and things will start to become more and more expensive and we'll run out of stuff. He says to this guy, all right, you pick like a basket of commodities, pick five or six commodities that you think will be more expensive in the next 50 years. And so Ehrlich picked, like, tungsten and copper, and he thought, like, these, you know, precious metals that are, you know, very crucial to some industrial process, but there's only so much copper in the world, right? So if we industrialize more, it'll get more expensive, right? Well, he lost the bet. Everything became cheaper. Everything became cheaper. And there's a lot of reasons for that. So I think the overpopulation thing's overblown, but it is kind of a... Uh, a sexy idea these days and a certain Puerto Rican sex kitten has been pushing this. I'm Italian. I'm not talking no. about you Seth Bear, alright? <laughs> I'm not talking about you. We'll talk about you in a second. Okay. He made a comment about my jeans off air. A little unnerving. Yeah. You made a comment about my stretchy pants. You got stretchy pants? You they got weren't stretch stretchy pants. until you put oh, them on. No, they're stretchy jeans. No.
1: Oh, they look like no. jeans, but they're stretchy. Yeah, they make his butt look nice. Those those are not jeans. He was walking up the steps in front of me. It was those, right there. Those right. are stretchy pants. I
0: probably agree with Seth. Hey, I had no gotten, clue what he said, but I probably and agree. And I've
1: gotten to know Seth
2: well enough that it didn't creep me out at all. Yeah. I was like, oh, thanks, man. I've been doing sumo deadlifts. It's, 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 I appreciate it. I've been working on it. This but, comes uh, from
0: the dude with cargo shorts <laughs> on. Converse yeah, shorts. Cargo
1: you don't shorts. say anything about the gremlin sock? I got gizmo on my socks. Come on, Grandpa. But gentlemen, 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 oh. a certain
2: Puerto Rican sex kitten has been advancing this overpopulation idea. One Alexandria casio cortez you know, the one with the crazy eyes, who had, a, like, she went on, like, a temper tantrum. She was upset after the Senate voted. Well, like, what, 43 senators abstained. So the vote was 57 to nothing against the Green New Deal resolution. Yes, that is correct. So she went on some temper tantrums. <laughs> 57 to present. But the one I'm focusing on is when she was uh, chopping up her sweet potatoes. <laughs> one Yeah, she was handling her yams. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those sweet potatoes look... I, I bet too. they're nice. <laughs> is she still wearing those glasses?
1: Yeah, that's kind of hot. Yeah. Man.
2: Anyway, she looking as ripe as she is mm. that she was saying you know maybe our generation and she's talking to me she's only a year younger than me maybe it's a time for our generation not to be so selfish let's not have children and I'm like um, uh, what, what's your reasoning well because the world's probably gonna end in like you know 12 years uh, oh really and like if we create another person what that means, it's a big liability. If you create another person on this earth, that's another mouth to feed. That's another person's going to be using up those fossil fuels. I mean, really, at the end of the day, people are the problem.
0: They're the problem. And, and you know, to, to be honest, I think she's probably right. No, she's because, no. Just uh, her. Hold on. She's the, the only one that doesn't see, now, Let's let him finish. Now, see... Let's you, let him finish. You always get on to me about cutting you off and butting in. You didn't let me finish my statement. Go she ahead. probably is right. I apologize. Southern because man. anyone that would listen to that freaking gobbledygook, mm-hmm. they probably don't need to have children. They probably should abstain or prevent having more children let that breed die out and let us alphas keep going. I've got four kids. I, honest to God, wish I had five. You just I call, missed one. Wait, did you just call yourself an alpha? Man. Yeah, I am. You are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I birthed
2: four More alphas. Al- oh, so you're Aware. just spitting them out. <laughs> hey.
0: You marry an alpha? Have you met Peak? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You just made me want when to. You, listen,
0: when you give yourself the nickname "Peak" because you're the peak of human evolution, you are an alpha. Are tell the, for the audience My who son. doesn't know,
2: yeah, tell the story to Seth here. All
0: right, so uh, Coleman is in the seventh grade, so he started a new basketball program this year through our homeschool deal, and the first day of practice. They, when they walked in, the coach says, hey, we got a couple of new guys here, and there were three or four, he said, and then they had some people that transferred in. He's like, everybody give your name and just say a little bit something about yourself so we can get you to know you. And they go around the room, and when they get to Coleman, he says, <clears throat> my name's Coleman Sharp, but people call me Peak." And the coach <laughs> I mean, everybody looked at him. The coach looked at him. He's like, Pete. Why, why, why do they call you Pete? He said, bobbed his head and said, because I'm the peak of human evolution. What are you doing to him? I didn't do anything and when Well, but when you're an alpha and your dad's an alpha, I mean you can't help yourself. Hey, dude, I went to He's gonna beat me up in like ten years. No, I went <laughs> to the first practice and I heard them talking about pink, pink, pink. And I thought they were calling him pink because uh-huh. he has like this it's kind of a peach colored. Uh, dry fit shirt, one of those deals, uh, and I thought they were calling him did Pink. You buy him. Right? No, I, I don't know where he got it from. The uh, I didn't, but <laughs> it I was think I thought they were calling him Pink, and I w- I was asking him the question on the way home. I was like, son, I said, why do they call you? They call you Pink because of your shirt. And he's like, no, and he told me his story. And when he's told the story, I had to pull the truck off to the side of the road, and I put my fist up. I fist bumped him as tears were rolling out of my eyes. I was like, you are my son. (laughs) He is hilarious.
1: Thank you, because I I get to look forward to Rose doing stuff like that.
0: Oh,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: That is awesome.
2: So, you're getting back to the the stream here, to the narrative. So, you like Say so okay, Alexandra ocasio Cortez, you, now, you don't ahead, reproduce. Yeah, go ahead, don't have kids. Sure. Okay, and I'll my the alpha type will continue to spread my seed like Johnny Appleseed across the land.
0: Well at this least Walla. Right but I mean but that I mean that's consistent. If that's what you choose to do, right. if you don't want to reproduce. Right. I'm, I'm not one of these because we do run into these being homeschoolers and, I mean, they're like, oh, you, you should never take birth control. You should have, like, 27 children. <laughs> I mean, and and if that's what you feel, hey, knock yourself out. Maybe we should I'm have, like, not going to judge test. you, but if you want to say, no, we should not have any children, I'm not going to judge you right. on that end right. either. I like large families. Right. It's a lot of freaking fun.
2: Well, and I didn't... I grew up in a family where it was just myself and my brother and my parents. I had one sibling and I love my brother to death, especially as I get older. My brother and I, it's like... uh, And to be blunt, after now that mom is no longer here on Earth, it's... It's a nice reminder. Like we went through that together. Sure. He's the only other person, maybe other than my dad or my grandfather, who knows exactly who I am in many ways. Right. And so I think it's so valuable to have siblings. Mm -hmm. It it can teach you a lot of things, especially different ages. And the decision to have kids isn't uh, an easy decision. I mean, well, it can be easy to make them. But it's not an <laughs> easy the, decision. At the time,
0: there so, ain't much decision.
2: It's an incredible responsibility to have children, but that's not yes. what Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and folks like her are saying. They're not talking about it's this deep personal responsibility and decision to make, you know. Yeah. It, it is, no, the idea that the earth just can't sustain oh, dastardly human beings. And I'm like, where does this come yeah. from? But again, let's go back to our kind of history and all the way to mythology. Why is it in so many cultures you have an apocalypse story? Why? Well, partly I think it's it it's related to the question of why would anybody ever imagine hell? Because if you can you know, it's sort of like cafeteria. Belief these days, people want to go. Well, I can imagine being rewarded in heaven. These
0: sort of things, and heaven's this place you want to get to. But there has to be a punishment for the bad guys at some point. You got
1: to have good. You got to have bad. It's like a teeter totter, right? And a seesaw.
0: Exactly.
2: One of the pleasures. Some, I, some old writer wrote that one of the pleasures of heaven. And this isn't exactly a healthy thing. It's not being. But let hell. me be clear. I think yes, the idea of a place of punishment or a place of suffering. An absence of love and goodness <clears throat> and fulfillment—that's hell. And I think there's been hell on earth all uh, in many occasions. But mm. that's how where hell really comes about is that we've lived it here on earth plenty of times before. We're luckily living in a pretty good time in that regard. But one of the pleasures of heaven, an old writer, old theologian posited, is that you get to stand and look down on the damned being tortured. That is crap. That is mean, okay? Right. I don't know if that's exactly a good impulse. And I think that's partly what goes on. Why do people create these apocalyptic images? Well, and also, in Revelation, most of the New Testament is the God of love and forgiveness. Now, Jesus does say separate the sheep from the goats. But for the uh, most part, it's, it's gentle Jesus, meek and kind. Then until you get the revelation sword in his
0: mouth and
2: yeah well until you get the revelation where it, like the god of wrath and judgment comes back with a vengeance and it's like I'm not getting into theology what I'm saying is where does that come from like psychologically I- it's that well it's kind of in our populist moment there are a lot of powerful people that seem to get off scot free with being evil there are a lot of it. We're talking about it today. I don't know if it's the best example, but it's a good one. Jussie Smollett is getting off scot-free. There are right. worse people than Jussie and people that you know fake a hate crime. But that's one example that people are now spouting today of there are two different types of justice systems. I mean, but then I'll hear ours from and the- theirs. I'll hear it from black friends or so-called black Twitter or black media when say a police officer shoots somebody and then yeah, they
0: want to say that police officer sitting in hell burning in a and when flames. they and when
2: the grand jury doesn't decide to indict them or the uh, court mm-hmm. of law and a jury of their peers decide to know the police officer acted legally um, then they're like oh the justice system isn't fair the justice system is blind like people will have this they whatever their narrative is, and I think the ultimate manifestation of that is, oh, you just wait. I might be powerless right now, and you might but be stomping day. your boot on my face. Oh, you got the money, you got the power, you got the mm-hmm. fame, you got all the drugs and sex and rock and roll and whatever one you day. want. One but day. one day, all of this is coming to an end, and you're going to get yours. And I think partly this comes from the fact that we're so prosperous today. People look at all the stuff we have today, and it might not be the, some of it's resentment and envy and the powerful are going to get theirs. But I think also some of it is like, are we getting something, like, is it too good? Have you ever had that feeling, like, when you've had
1: such a good day, like, this is too good to be true. Can I throw my point of view in on this real quick? Go ahead. All right. When I was growing up, it wasn't like what you guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. You know what I'm saying? I was all alone. Didn't it have sucked. Let, let I, didn't have, be... I didn't have anybody. I was alone. I had oh, my mom. You didn't have siblings. Yeah, she I had. I, have, mom. I had my mom, and okay. she didn't know what she was doing. I mean, I, I don't blame her for anything. None of us But did, it man. wasn't right, you know. <laughs> right. And it, it mm-hmm. was. Uh, I mean, super miserable, you know. And right. it was terrible. And the stuff that happened shouldn't have happened, but it did, you know. And I made it through. And right. I would. Uh, the some of the stuff is just it was just bad you know so that has made that made me to where i can put up with a lot like yeah. m- more than most folks to the point mm-hmm. of where if i saw something go- bad going to happen to you i would rather it happen to me instead of you because i've already dealt with you know how to take it so yeah to speak. i can take that torture and that pain right and but you don't may, want to wish, but you wouldn't sense. wish it on I wouldn't somebody. wish it on anybody else, so right. I would do
2: it. Right. Well, and it, I think that's uh, fascinating. And it's a weird idea. It's an irony that sometimes very successful people realize about their own kids. is they. You look at a lot of extremely successful people. Not, you know, middle class, kind of did the standard yeah. American dream. I mean, like, hyper-successful people like uh, Mike Tyson or anybody like that who came from, like, utter poverty... Really broken on, and then they end up being world famous and incredibly rich. It, it, there's something about being tested by fire. Can't kill me then, you're
1: not going to kill me now. Right. And, it, and you they can't stop me, you just slow me down.
2: That lesson sticks with them. And. It, People that get through it. Let's be clear. Some people grow up and it, they don't get through well, it. Well, yeah. I, I right. had old,
1: I, growing up, I lost more friends to suicide than, yeah. it, I mean, a lot of folks, you know. And uh, death is, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a jerk about it, you know. But it's, I mean, it's your choice. You know, one right. stupid decision can ruin everything, you know. And everybody always thought it was going to be me. But it wasn't, right? you know? And I'm like, eh, hey, it wasn't, you know? And it took like 15 years to get out of that little funk. But once I finally did, it was just like, it, it was nice. Right, you wake up in a way.
2: Yeah. And, in, and also, you hear this from folks who, um, I, I've only gone to a few AA meetings, or really Al-Anon meetings. I'm not, I don't consider myself an alcoholic. But, you know, you go. I went to people. And uh, a thing you often hear is, do you have regret? And some people might have regrets for a particular action they took when they were maybe addicted or drunk or something. but yeah, in I gen- did
0: so-and-so. Right, I, I,
2: I cheated or I stole or right. whatever. The thing they did was that they might regret a particular thing, but they don't regret the fact that they were an alcoholic because that made them who they are today. And at first when you hear that, you're like, oh, you haven't learned your lesson. But I think they have learned their lesson incredibly deeply that you have to be able to reconcile... All this stuff going on in your past in order to become a new person going forward. You got to right. you got to put it all together, make it one coherent story and personality. But then I, I, I'm getting back to this point though of sometimes you think you got it too good, and that is um, well, people we know. I'm not going to name anybody. Like can drive people to be an addict or drive people to be a drunk. It's like you have the world by the ass. Excuse me, pardon me, but you just got it. And you kind of feel like a fraud, or you don't feel good enough, like you deserve it. And so you engage in some sort of self destructive behavior. And I think some of that is what's going on with the idea of, uh, you know, some of it, you know, I'll be charitable. Climate change, there are some people that are earnest, they're scientists, they worry about it. I think part of their problems, they only emphasize, like the idea of you bring a kid into the world, that's another mouth to feed, that's another liability. Well, it's also another incredible asset too.
0: They're putting off 180 BTUs per hour, right? <laughs> Especially my kids.
2: Kids are a liability and an asset. I mean, kids a potential. Really, is the the truth of the matter? And it could be good or bad. But it, it's more this idea of we're, we have it so good, we must have done something wrong. Oh, oh man, you got that right. To get it, and yeah, there's plenty of things you can point to in history that weren't right, but it's the doubt. I, but that doubt, I think, sometimes gets oh, outsized so much
0: when you guilt yourself for no reason,
2: right? And I think that's going on today when it comes to our prosperity I and to you. our beliefs. It's like mm, we we have it so good. Did we? Is there some incredible civilizational sin we've committed that we will have to reckon for and pay for? At I some think point? that's
1: kind of good because it makes it so we don't run too fast. Yeah. We don't run off the edge of the cliff.
2: Right, don't get ahead of
1: yourself too much. Yeah, you gotta you got to kind of watch, uh, learn from your past, you know? And when you run real fast, you trip and you fall. Well, um, and there is something, it's not necessarily the folks that
2: created, like, really productive people that are self-starters who create not only things for themselves, but the world. I don't think those people should feel guilty. But I sit in a position, what have I created? Not much. This. Right, I've created a monster called Cespedeslo on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you can sit in a position, and go how you, you burn in hell. All you, ha- day. but you could sit back and I think all of us in this room, no matter how you might have created something, you work hard. You have like you had a business, like you've had a. You know, I, I don't think. I, I think. But I, you still have to sit back and go look at all the accomplishment. We're standing on the shoulder of giants. So, in a way, it's like, I could never live up to that example. I could, who am I to know these things? And there is something to be said. Uh, when all this stuff, this is a weird thing to bring up, but I like it a lot. Because I've been reading a lot of depth psychology with Carl Jung. And there's a tie-in to, what is it, um, when LSD and psilocybin and that sort of stuff, acid, hit the scene in the 60s. Uh, who, Timothy Leary. Yeah, Yeah, and when all that's going on. Interesting enough, before Leary and before the counterculture, there really were like government scientists and people looking into how can we use these things for good. Then the counterculture narrative got going and they cracked down. But Timothy Leary asked Carl Jung, who was essentially expert in archetypes and dream analysis and all this stuff, what do you think about the potential of using, say, LST or psilocybin for people to examine uh, their psychology? And or- Jung said there might be potential, and I think there is potential. There's now studies being done at Johns Hopkins and other places, other, you know, respect to universities where they're helping people with depression with psilocybin. In particular, people that have chronic uh, diagnoses, like you have cancer and it's terminal. You are going to die. And when they'll do administered controlled uh, studies of giving people psilocybin who have those diagnoses and they no longer fear death. It's not like they are devil may care, but they're able, What it, they suggest it allows them to do is look at that, just look at it straight.
1: Different point of view.
2: Not have the same. Not have the fear overtake them where they can't even think See, about I, it.
0: I don't, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't like that part of it because I remember the day that my mother got her diagnosis right. and the doctors. I mean, they absolutely. I mean, they walked in. They says, "Look, guys, we're sorry." Uh, and, and mama was still asleep, and they were like, that Ain't gonna happen. She's got anywhere between six weeks and three months, right, right. and it's gonna be terrible. I mean, they were honest with us and love the doctors. They, I mean, they did their job and was great. And once mama woke up and we went through the whole dang, thing with her, I mean, she had her breakdown. And I mean, she cried, she wept, I mean, just poured right. all the tears she could out of her body. And she says, Well, I know where I'm going. She didn't need psilocybin. Right. So I would say, on that point, if you don't have God and. You know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe there is no God. You ever done any hallucinations? There's no salvation. No, I've never done any drugs. But
2: real quick, there are some people, I think, who had God who did these studies. But then they also did another study at John Hopkins, where they had members of different denominations, clergy members, priests and pastors and rabbis. I don't know if they've got an imam in there or what. But they had these folks uh, take a dose of psilocybin and in a quiet room... They said, concentrate on your faith. And think about your faith and what you believe after this has been administered. And we're not going to disturb you. It's going to be a peaceful environment. Think of like a nice study with a fire going and some nice relaxing music. And almost all of these clergy members came back from that experience saying they not only found of greater the word was appreciation more wonder and awe for what it is they believe but they also made connections like certain dilemmas and paradoxes that had been troubling them about their belief they made connections and breakthroughs with it so there's some my point of bringing all this up is there's i think some it's a shame the counterculture drug war argument took these substances and turned it into a party drug I think that is a a terrible misuse of this stuff and it's good to see professionals and researchers actually looking into how can you help people especially people with depression and PTSD but it's back to the point I was making though Timothy Leary goes to this a famous psychologist Carl Jung and says what a, you know you do dream analysis you look into people's psyches and like the different things they're dealing with what do you think about psychedelics being able to help people with breakthroughs and this goes to my point about all the prosperity we have. Carl Jung said something very profound. He said that it may work, but be very careful about unearned knowledge. Ooh. Ooh. And so I think there is sometimes things that we do, things that we have, things that we know, that if you didn't earn it, watch out, because you are very prone to misuse that thing you didn't go through the trials and tribulations to earn. Ding, ding, ding. We are 100% on the same page on that one there, Joseph. But I would also suggest to the folks that want to change the world and save the world, like that's Puerto Rican sex kitten, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, that, yeah, maybe your dreams on your own terms are noble, but be careful. Because, yeah, you might have a little bit of power. Now, maybe you get even more power. But you don't know what the outcome's going to be. And there are a lot of people who are very brilliant who would suggest it would be terrible. And it would probably be worse for the environment if you
0: got your way. Uh, who's going to plant the gardens and pick the fruit, mm-hmm. plow the fields, if you don't have another generation to come in? That's well, stupid. Um,
2: but we got to hit this break. The show is brought to you by Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Eddie Vader is all around real estate agent. He'll you help know, you buy a house, help you sell a house. He's done it to change his own life. He's done it and help change other people's lives. You talking about changing the world? He will change your world. And when it heats up even more, and it's slowly getting there, he'll start doing these pontoon boat tours. You can go visit lake houses several in a day. I mean, Eddie Bader is the guy to call if you are looking for a real estate agent. Just keep that in your mind. 322-0662. What's that number, Seth?
1: 322-0662. Eddie
2: Bader with the Goodson Group. Well said, sir. Give Eddie a call. 322-0662. We'll be right back. Joey
0: Clark.
2: To the program. Southern Wood thinks uh, Seth and I are crazy, man, even talking about these psychedelics. I just hope there's more no, of a, that
0: has nothing to do with it. I've always thought y'all
2: were crazy. Well, fair enough. And I, we are a little crazy, but uh I, I think crazy. it would be, it's worthwhile to see actual scientists and researchers and experts in, say, psychology figuring out how... These the substances can help people, but, as yes. opposed to it being a party drug. You know
0: who's really crazy, though? The people that don't go to Four Healthy Pets well to said. get
2: food for their pets. Well said, Southern Wood, because Four Healthy Pets is started by Teresa, run by Teresa, and Seth is holding in his hand
1: some <laughs> Meowawana. Meowawana, and this is why I'm nuts. And that's for your cat Cheech. No, when I went to New Orleans, he left. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I haven't told anybody. He's an independent soul. Yeah. yeah, that's the first time I've told anybody.
2: But you know, you've got give it to the uh, uh, the tree hands.
1: I, I I'm gonna no, I'm gonna give it to Loretta. Loretta. Yeah. Not Irene. No, she's gonna she's, uh-uh. Oh, Loretta's princess. Right, right, right. That's a right. black and white one. Right. I, I like Irene
2: better. Loretta's a little too off-putting. But anyway, it doesn't matter the personality of your cat or your dog. Teresa started for Healthy Pets because she had a passion for her own pets. Finding the best all-natural, high-quality food she can so her pets would be healthy and happy, because they make her healthy and happy at the end of the day. So she took that passion she herself had, started a local business with it. Four Healthy Pets is over at the Village East Shopping Center on the Atlanta Highway, right next to Faulkner University.
1: Where the old Skate Haven used to be.
2: Indeed. And she has been helping people in the community find those all-natural everyday brands and foods. And once you sign up, there's loyalty rewards, all sorts of great specials. Each month, even like auto delivery, knowing the schedule of when you need to get more food, but then also things like great treats, like the meow wanna, what is that? Purple passion? Yeah, purple passion.
1: It, it looks like it would be illegal, but, but it's not.
2: It's just catnip. <laughs> yeah, it's just catnip. Well, and then there's the. I hope uh, you don't
0: get pulled over in that white van. Oh man, you got tonight. that right, dude. Then, Look at me. No, they've the, got the dog uh, bones too. Dog made bones. out of rice instead of right, the raw hide, so it doesn't get stuck in their throat. So the idea is healthy
2: for your pets. All. Natural, but the, here's the thing: the pets love that stuff. Elk antlers, when, when it's not some processed crap, it's like this is just turkey. This is just dried out chicken meat. Yeah, man, I'm gonna eat that. The the pets love it, and because they love it, you'll love four healthy pets. So stop by the Atlanta Highway in the Village East Shopping Center, or check out four healthy pets online.com. That's four healthy pets online com and tell Teresa Joey said hi
1: and what I love about that is she does it because she loves it yes
2: exactly it's a passion project
1: yeah and that,
2: it is a business but it started
1: as a passion project you got to make money because that's just what it's about you know, it's not, it's but the she world is. loves it well and this is the whole thing and you can, can like, tell because when you see her she's tiny but she's smiling big old grin well
2: and it's it, to a larger point this idea of people you put profits over people I'm like no I put profits over losses. Excuse me. Uh. Um, Pardon me. But the idea of saving the world, all this sort of stuff, it has to be like one little step at a time. Or else you get into these. It it becomes too much. You either quit the game, which can be as far as you leave this world by your own hand, or you just become a hermit, or the world's just too much for you, or you wish that a meteor would strike the country before the next presidential election, or you're hoping in the book of Revelation that, that tomorrow we're not uh, worrying about it. Well, we're not worrying about it for good reason, because it's about to happen. And when you think in these grand terms, it usually doesn't serve you well unless you're you're tethered here on Earth. And so how do you change the world? It's one little step at a time. And Seth... You have one little step we can take. It's something you've noticed in your local community.
1: Yes. That is a bit of an issue. Okay. So, I've never had been able to say anything relevant. And I'm, 84, I'm looking at you for this because you'll be proud of me on this one, okay? Everybody's always up here talking about Montgomery, okay? I live in Millbrook. I've lived there for years, like 20 years, man. It's home sweet home. There are some streets that have, um, the speed limits have been raised, Okay? You know, uh, Millbrook's not big, but there's 14 going one way, and there's mm-hmm. Main Street going right through the middle, and they kind of go like that. Sure. And there are streets that connect them. There's a couple of them. One of them is Browns Road. The speed limit on that used to be 25. Like okay. a neighborhood. Uh, Well, there's neighborhoods on both sides, but... Uh, but the, uh, usually in a neighborhood, you get 15 or 25
2: as a speed limit.
1: Yeah, it's... It's like a cut through. Like if you right. take the side streets, you're going into the neighborhood. Okay. you Keep going straight. You're going to the main road. Right. So it county was county
0: road. Right. Forty
1: five. Sure. Oh, okay. It was twenty five. Okay. And because it was so slow, and people would go through and they would speed and they get pulled over. So nobody ever used the road anymore. But they do. They raise the speed line up to thirty five, and there on the road there are service roads. So people in the neighborhood, the kids and stuff, can play, and. That worked out fine, okay? Well, Main Street, back in the day, used to be 35. That, Main Street's a long road, and going 35 is hard, and get pulled over is very right. easy. Mm-hmm. What'd they do? They jacked it up to 45. Worked out great, man. Yeah. Everybody... <laughs> Excuse me. Everybody doing well, wow. going a little faster. Epic, you know? Yeah. Give me what? five. I got indigestion. Y'all You've are...
2: got a serious <clears> point <throat> here, but that was a hell of a belch. Oh, that's nothing.
1: Okay. So So what's the problem? It seems like drivers and commuters are much happier. Okay, well there's another road. Rose Hill Road. Okay. It the speed limit there used to be twenty-five. Okay? And you turn on Rose Hill and there's a big hill that goes down and you go through and it was, I mean, you could pull it over a little bit. So what'd they do? They went from 25 to 35. And when it was 25, you never really drove 25. You drove 45. Mm-hmm. Because you went down the big hill and there's nothing there and flying through. So it yeah. Sounds like a good compromise. Short, shortcut to Walmart. On but Rose when hill. it went from 25 to 35, people started going like 60. 80.
0: Yeah,
1: 80. Not 60, 80. Because the dude has clocked them. Do you know what has happened in that period of time? not one not two he looks like me over there hold on at least three you know how much i love my kid okay because my childhood sucked and i believe that every kid no matter what they're going through deserves a, a shot you know right at least three kids have gotten hit okay in separate times at least one of them was on a bike Okay, and I have gotten hit by a bus when I was in fifth grade. All right, it's three. You think they would stop it? Okay, the first one, oh, well, maybe it's just a coincidence, you know. And the second kid gets nailed. Well, eh, maybe. And the third kid, speed limit is still the same. Nothing has changed. There's no side roads, there's no sidewalks. They built a big uh, apartment complex right next to it. Why is this still
2: happening? Who uh, administers the road? I don't know, but... Is it the county, or is
1: there the municipality of
2: Millbrook, or...
0: There's, does Millbrook have a police department?
1: Yes. There's something in in Millbrook that is a little shifty, because, for one, that, okay? And uh, every little kid, if you, if you talk to them, and you get down on your knee, and you look at them eye to eye, you'll get... they'll talk to you. Sure. You know, they'll talk dead at you no matter where they're coming from and they will, you will make them feel like a million bucks, okay?
2: Yeah, get down on their level. Yeah,
1: and it's, um, when I crashed my car on the way up here two mm-hmm. months ago, okay, I man, bam, nailed that lady. Uh, pulled over, got out of my car, went to go check on her, made sure she was okay. She's freaking out. I scared her, you know. And uh, <laughs> I wonder well, why. Kind of scary looking. <laughs> well, on. it doesn't you matter. Walked up to her with a leather window. shirt on. Well, so what? I was like, "Are you okay?" Yeah, you know. All, um, right. the, all the cops came and all this good stuff, and uh, I was trying to ask one of the cops. What's going on? What do I do? This young cat looks at me with all kinds of attitude and starts yelling at me. And just talking to me like one adult does not talk to another adult because I could have been a different person and it would have started some kind of terrible thing with Uh guns and cops and badness, you know? Because an attitude, I mean, is not good even if
2: you're not a cop. But so, I, after you had this crash, you were trying to ask this police officer about the speed limit being raised on Rose Hill. Um, no, no, no.
1: I was just asking him about what to do about The
0: process my, about uh, what, what I do what about the wreck. How to file your report. Yeah, this is just... I mean, claims, yeah. So yeah. Well, I was just asking him a question, and he, and man, got real mean to
1: me, dude. Sure, yeah. And that's... Man, that's unnecessary. And that's a com- completely separate thing besides the kids, mm. but it's just something I'm seeing. You, you know? Right. And it's just...
2: So, I mean, I would definitely call the Millbrook Police Department and have other people encouraged to call as well. That if there are, in fact, have been three children hit on that particular road, something needs to be done. Whether it's better enforcement of the 35-speed limit or take it back down to 20.
0: Well, and and, and I mean, I I don't want to be ugly, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I need to hear it. Don't let your damn children play in the freaking road. Okay, Uh, kids are kids. Listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me finish. And they dumb. The we live on a little tiny county road. There's only like four or five houses on our road. Period, and Mm -hmm. it's about two and a half miles long. But there's a lot of commuter traffic that comes through. We make sure, and and it's a it's a similar situation. The speed limit used to be 35, and they raised it up to 55. My wife raises... I mean, she is giving you a high five right now. She raises 10 degrees of cane about it. But still and yet, don't go in the road. You're not going to get hit. I mean, unless somebody runs off the road, and they can have a wreck due to speeding, but other than that, don't be in the road. You're and you'll be are telling
1: a midget, and not like an old midget, like a kid. Right. And you know what kids are? Kids are sneaky. And Mm -hmm. uh, um, their parents may suck, but that's the hand they were dealt. And uh, on Browns Road, the other road where that happened, nothing happened there. You know why? Because they have service roads, okay, off to the side. I mean, I'm thinking like maybe a sidewalk, uh, lower the speed limit back to what it was. Okay, do
0: you want want to pay more Taxes on your property? Do you want to pay increased taxes? Yes, for, for some the little kid kids not to get in? hit. Okay, we'll go to your city council meeting and propose. Yeah, bring it up. Put sidewalks in so that the children have somewhere to walk up and down. And and I dig. And like I said, I'm not criticizing you because you have a very valid argument. But don't let your children play in the streets. They ain't gonna get hit by a car. Unless something really crazy happens. Or you're just and a terrible not. parent. Mm. Well, you know? and not there's a lot not, of those. Not necessarily because you just said it. They Sometimes children yeah. do things that you tell them not
2: to. But here's the thing you, we can get our arms around this particular issue. Yeah. And there are things to be done. There are people to talk to here. I would encourage you to go to the city council meeting. But well, hold on. let go higher up. than that.
1: Okay. The man the has man. been there like 20 years. What man? the uh, the mayor yeah. Jerry um, no Al
0: oh that's right Al. yeah he's okay. been there that's, forever yeah, well, mm-hmm. and
1: um, six months ago I was at the the um, the one dollar place I don't like to say the names mm-hmm. on a fourteen and mm-hmm. uh, I was buying my stuff and uh, I went up to the cash register you guys know me I talk to anybody I'm friendly mm-hmm. yes this dude was cool and he was talking to me and you know what he told me he said man I I'm going to run for mayor. And I was like, "What? Really? You you work at Dollar General and you're going to run for mayor?" I was like, "Uh, he was like, "Yes. I I feel like there's uh something that needs to be done and I I'm going to try. I never thought I'd ever would, but I'm going to try once and if I don't win, then no no biggie. I tried and I'm just going to step away, you know, and it's cool, but I'm going to try cuz I feel he, he he had a good heart. I could got a good feeling from him, mm-hmm. you know. And um and I I feel like maybe something like that would Stop it from happening. You're going to run for mayor? No, not me, but somebody else. You want, uh, a but change. That
2: might be a little too over the top, though, for the particular problem you're saying.
1: Well, I believe
0: there's it, well, more. I, th- I think, I think Santa's got a good point there, though, talking about this fella. Is, I mean, the guy's not going to win, period. I mean, it, it ain't going to happen. I'm... I'm more realistic. I'm older, and you go from being idealistic not. to realistic. You can, you can say he's probably not. He's right. Ninety-nine point nine percent sure okay. he's not going to. I'm just saying. Let me. That's. But You're the, talking to a, a future shadow mayor. The by point, the way, the point. You're talking to the future mayor. Oh man. The point of the argument is: is even if you don't win. The points that you bring up that a certain group of people really get behind and they say, yes, you know what? Seth Spotlow is right. We need sidewalks in this town. We need somewhere for our children to play. We need more parks. Even if you lose, that's going to make old Al say, hey, you know what? I better start building some daggum side. Yeah, you, you know what Joey has taught me? Because, you know, I mean, he got like 40% of the vote. I barely beat that joker.
1: You know what Joey's taught me? Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Most and certain. the longer time there is, the more of a chance you have of slipping.
0: And you get lazy. Mm-hmm because you're just like, eh, okay, well, and It's eh. Southern southernwood's making a great point. It's about raising
2: the consciousness of the community. And so it's not about winning power necessarily. It's about bringing up the issue and bringing it to people's attention. And um, Yeah, I mean, we can do it here on these airwaves. We can also do it at city council meetings, which is called the police department. Call the mayor. No, That's I- the beauty of local politics. You can call these people. They may not listen, but
1: you can call them. Well, you know what they do? They will listen when we do this. And right, the, well, the few and, that do listen, it, they're, they're, they also, that. also,
2: let's not go in with the idea that this is immediately a fight. No. God, no.